Hello there. My name is Father John Harrison. I am Rector Superior of St. John Newman Residence at Stella Maris in Timonium, Maryland. The Jews had a series of ever-recurring conventional pictures of what would happen when God broke into history and when the golden ages, the golden days of a new age arrived. One of these was the picture of the Messianic Banquet. On that day, God would give a great feast to his own people, at which Leviathan, the sea monster, would be part of the food. It is of this banquet that the man who spoke to Jesus was thinking, when he spoke of the happiness of those who would be guests at the banquet, he was thinking of Jews, and of Jews only. For the average Orthodox Jew would never have dreamt that Gentiles and sinners would find a place at the feast of God. That is why Jesus spoke this parable. In Palestine, when a man made a feast, the day was announced long beforehand, and the invitations were sent out and accepted. But the hour was not announced, and when the day came and all the things were ready, servants were sent out to summon the already invited guest. To accept the invitation beforehand and then refuse it when the day came was a grave insult. In the parable, the master stands for God. The originally invited guests stand for the Jews. Throughout all their history, they were looked forward to the day when God would break in, and when he did, they tragically refused his invitation. The poor people from the streets and lanes stand for the tax collectors and sinners who welcomed Jesus in a way in which the Orthodox never did. Those gathered in from the roads and the hedges stand for the Gentiles, for whom there was still ample room at the Feast of God. As Bengel, the great commentator, puts it, both nature and grace abhor a vacuum. And when the Jews refused God's invitation and left his table empty, the invitation went out to the Gentiles. There is one sentence in this parable which has been sadly misused. Go out, said the master, and compel them to come in. Long ago, St. Augustine used that text as a justification for religious persecution. It was taken as a command to coerce people into the Christian faith. It was used as a defense of the Inquisition, the thumbscrew, the rack, the threat of death and imprisonment, the campaigns against heretics, all those things which are the shame of Christianity. Beside, beside, it would, beside it, we should always set another text, the love of Christ controls us. In the kingdom of God there is only one compulsion, the compulsion of love. But though this parable spoke with a threat to the Jews who refused God's invitation, and with an undreamed of glory to the sinners and the outcasts and the Gentiles who had never dreamt of receiving it, there are in it truths which are forever permanent and as new as today. In the parable, the invited guests made their excuses, and men's excuses do not differ so very much today. <laughs> Excuse me.
The first man said that he had bought a field and was going to see it. He allowed the claims of business to usurp the claims of God. It is still possible for a man to be so immersed in this world that he has no time for worship or even time to pray. The second man said that he had bought five yoke of oxen and that he was going to try them out. He let the claims of novelty usurp the claims of Christ. It often happens that when people enter into a new possession, become so taken up with them that the claims of worship and of God get crowded out. People have been known to acquire a motor car and then to say, we used to go to church on Sunday, but now we go off to the country for the day. It is easy for a new game, a new hobby, or even new friendship to take up even the time that should be kept for God. The third man said, with even more finality than the others, I have married a wife and I cannot come. One of the wonderful merciful laws of the Old Testament laid it down. When a man is newly married, he shall not go out with the army or be charged with any business. He shall be free at home one year to be happy with his wife whom he has taken. No doubt that very law was in this man's mind. It is one of the tragedies of life when good things crowd out the claims of God. There is no lovelier thing than a home, and yet a home is never meant to be used selfishly. They live best together who live with God. They serve each other best who also serve their fellow men. The atmosphere of a home is more, most lovely when those who dwell within it remember that they are also members of, of great family and the household of God. That is our message for today and the gospel, and we wish you a happy day, and till next time, God bless you.